today on Ermana, I am so honored and privileged to have a conversation with Georgina, um, who is also a poet and a writer, an artist, um, and a friend uh, who actually was introduced. I, I think we met, the first time we met was at Reggie's uh, going away party. Yeah. Where she led the uh, the yoga event at Kobo. Mm-hmm. That's the first time we were introduced. And we've been, uh, I guess, online friends, right? Since that, yeah. <laughs> since that, yeah. that event. Um, and you were also involved with Gathering of Wands, which is amazing. Um, the online women's writing circle that I led in May. Um, and got to learn more about your work and, and just your the way you move through life, which is beautiful and and graceful. And I have been wanting to bring you on the show and I'm so glad it worked out for you to to speak with me today. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm so happy to be a part of this. Yeah. So w- tell us about what you're working on right now, because you have your hands in all these different projects, <laughs> and I'm so, all of them excite me. So could you share with our listeners what you're working on right now? Yeah, of course. Um, well, I do work full time for a nonprofit organization. So a lot of my time goes to working full time, but my passion is poetry. So mm-hmm. I love to be involved in my community here. Um, I live in Lake County in Northern California, and it's a small kind of rural county, but it's filled with so much art and richness and writers. Mm-hmm. So I'm on the board of directors for a local art center called the Middletown Art mm-hmm. Center. Mm-hmm. They offer so many classes to the public and just the artistic space, and a lot of poetry happens there. Mm-hmm. So I'm often involved in the poetry readings that happen, organizing poetry events. Um, there's a lot of different poetry things that happen around the county too. So I'll be facilitating a monthly writer circle that happens mm. October, November, and December. Awesome. Yeah. Next month, I'm leading my first workshop at the Middletown oh, Art Center. Oh, that's awesome. I'm so excited about And I just started planning my outline for that day. And I'm super excited about it. Wow. Um, what is What is the workshop on? So it's a writing workshop. It goes for four hours and each facilitator usually brings their own style and their own exercises. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So mine is going to be based on kind of a few cool exercises to kind of get people moving um, for one and also to kind of go to a deeper place with writing because that's kind mm-hmm. of where I am. And I think um, here in Lake County, we've dealt with so many fires the last few years. Mm-hmm in particular so it's weighing on a lot of people Mm. so I think to go to that place will be beneficial for so many Mm. right Mm. like using creativity to heal collectively I love that it's Mm -hmm. always um (laughs) something I return to again and again so how can we use that whether that's writing or you're also an artist, right? I mean, you've you've shared some of your art in Gathering of Wands. Yeah, I do paint. I draw. Mm. Um, poetry always comes first to me because I love it so much, and I feel like that's where my strength is. But art in general is just mm. such a creative way to express ourselves. 
and it's kind of been an outlet for me to learn more about myself too. How long have you been writing poetry and painting? So I've been writing poetry for about 15 years now. Wow. Yeah, since I was a teenager. And um, I started painting around the same time that I started writing poetry. Mm-hmm. But I stopped painting um, a few years later. And I actually had about 11 years where I didn't paint anything. Mm. And, which is crazy to me because now that I'm painting, I feel like, why did I ever let that go? Mm. It's interesting how time flies and things happen and it takes a while to come back to the things that are important. Mm. But you came back. <laughs> yeah, that's thing. what's important. Yeah. <laughs> mm. uh, I didn't realize that you also worked with a nonprofit full time. That's that's incredible. Um, how do you how do you manage your your projects, you know, outside of this full-time job? I know this is a, a huge question and sort of um, conflict that a lot of women I speak to and, and friends encounter as they're, you know, trying to balance their art and their work. Yeah, it can definitely be difficult. Um, I have those moments when I'm in an office just wanting to be outside and wanting to read and write mm-hmm. instead of working. Mm-hmm at a desk um so sometimes it's a personal challenge on top Mm. of you know a time challenge but I think it's really important to take care of yourself outside of just working and being a writer Mm. the little things in between really help to balance and make sure that I'm not kind of spreading myself thin Mm. but normally it's um you know making sure when I come home after working like an eight or nine hour day Mm -hmm. um, take a few moments to just unwind Mm -hmm. make sure I start breathing again and get grounded and um, make sure I'm just not spreading myself too thin I generally Mm -hmm. like to practice yoga Mm -hmm. and different mindfulness practices Uh, this Mm -hmm. summer has been just so rough in general so I've kind of stepped away Mm -hmm. from a lot of the things I usually do for Mm self-care But I think um, that definitely has a lot to do with it is just making sure you're taking care of yourself personally so that you don't get worn out if you're doing all of these other creative ventures and things outside of working full time. Mm. And prioritizing is such a big deal too. And I'm like a list person now. So actually uh, physically writing a list of everything I'm doing and keeping track on my calendar on my iPhone um, because it's important to be organized too. Mm -hmm. I definitely agree with that. The the lists help a lot um, for me as well. Somehow, I don't know if it's just the visually how it looks. It looks, uh, you know, lists seem more attainable because they're short (laughs) little things that you can check off versus um I don't know just long things I I want to do or have to do you know journal entries um something about the format of a simple list Uh, it's something I've actually been playing with as a writing as well like lists of things I want to write about and then they sort of develop into poems or (laughs) you know creative works in themselves Definitely. Mm. 
I love that. And I love what you shared earlier um, before we started recording about how you did yoga this morning, which is amazing. And, and uh, yeah, I also share that practice. So I feel, you know, so much more connected when I, when I'm in that, in that practice and, and connected with my body in that way. Yeah, um, definitely. It's a huge difference in the, how the day flows. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. So this theme of riding the wave, I, I really like that. I, um, you know, we talked a little bit about that before we started recording. Um, what, what, what is alive for you in that theme right now? Um, what's alive for you in your life, um, that, that, uh, aligns with that theme? Yeah. So much. Mm. Um, Grief has been a pivotal part of my life this summer. Mm. The last two months in particular, I lost Mm. a sister and I lost a dog. Mm had to be evacuated with one of the recent fires here. And so it's been kind of traumatic and Mm. grief has been such a big part of my life. And I find it difficult, especially the first few weeks dealing with those heavy losses to be able to stay creative Mm -hmm. and express myself through creativity without Mm. feeling guilt. You know, why Mm. should I be creative when I should be mourning? Mm. And so when I said riding the waves, I feel like that's what grief is. It's one day you'll be kind of feeling like you're getting back into the groove of yourself and getting through things. And then the next day you just take another hit and take another fall and it's hard to get back up and Mm. try to be creative. And and even outside of creativity, just day-to-day things. Yeah. So I think part of what's alive for me right now is learning to ride those waves and find what works for me every day. If it's pushing myself on a particular day to do more or one thing I'm practicing because I always push myself is Mm -hmm. not pushing myself so much Mm. and just being easy. Mm. Definitely is a challenge with being creative. Poetry in itself comes in waves sometimes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so it's a practice of learning how to write it and how to keep going and how to stop if you need to Mm -hmm. I think that kind of is definitive as a writer too Mm -hmm. wow it's it's so powerful and thank you for sharing about you know those personal situations of and grief that you've encountered and I feel that and um also have been following your resilience um, online and just feel so inspired by the ways in which you still are showing up in your community and um to your craft um in spite or despite of you know this you know tragedy and and sadness and loss um and I don't know, I, I can't, you know, even begin to put myself in your shoes, but in, in that, in those phases of grief, I can say that, that poetry has taken me out of a lot of things. 
you know, and, and I totally resonate with what you're saying about the wave though, you know, it could be, you're, you know, this, you're in this flow and creatively and otherwise, you know, maybe spiritually, romantically, in every sense, and then you crash and something happens and you're like, what, (laughs) where did that come from? I was doing so well. And learning to accept that is, is it's the hardest part, you know, that, that, that you're going to have those waves and it will continue, you know, throughout life mm-hmm. in, in various forms. Um, hmm, I am just, I want to say excited to read what comes out of this period of your life though. I feel like it's, it's, there's a lot that you have to share that, others can benefit from and and we may not see it now I think the fruits of that will be um you mentioned that you're working on a chapbook um maybe some of that would would be in in that book um some of this chapter of your life you think yes definitely yeah that's another project I forgot to mention (laughs) I know I was like wait (laughs) yeah yeah I think um I think in something that I think a lot of people could resonate with is when I first experienced these griefs in my life this summer, mm-hmm. the first week in particular, I thought for some reason, the first thing I thought was I need to just stop writing. I shouldn't mm. be writing right now. And being a poet is one of the things that I'm most proud of. It makes me feel most beautiful in life. Mm. It's always been my strength and what I come back to because words are just beautiful and to create something with them Mm. it's like this strength and power that I know that I always have Mm -hmm. but when dealing with that grief you know my first thought was I I just can't do that anymore Mm. but reading other writers who went through the same thing and hit such a low point in a dark place Mm -hmm. and see them come out of it and then share that with their readers like Cheryl Strayed, she's one of my favorites. Mm. Reading about her grief and the way she mm. processed the death of her mother is mm. so inspiring to me. And so it it really helps me to, or helped me to get back up and be inspired. And I started reading poetry more than writing it. Mm. To reflect. Um, and it all happened so fast, just in the period of a you know, the last couple of months. But I think accessing the grief through poetry and being extremely vulnerable and sharing it with the world, you do, I do find that it connects me more with other people. Mm -hmm. You start to meet people who maybe hear your words and you didn't realize they're going through the same exact thing. Mm. So there's this unintended connection and that in itself is pretty poetic I'd say Mm. yeah I I love that quote also that you shared if you cannot be the poet be the poem that mantra that you shared Mm. if you cannot be the poet be the poem yeah I came across that years ago Mm. and it's one of the things that privately I always live by because Mm. every writer goes through like a slump of writer's block dare I say and um, 
sometimes I feel like maybe I can't be the poet right now, mm. but I like to make sure I'm living poetically if I can't be a writer, if I can't finish a poem that I'm dying to finish, but I can't figure out how to convey what I'm feeling, just living poetically in general um, mm. makes up for it. Yeah. I'm, I totally align with that. <laughs> it resonates so much with me. Yeah. I want to circle back a little to what you're saying about when you open your writing up and how that creates connection and, and in a sense, you know, you feel more connected to others through, through poetry and through writing. And I, I want to actually tie this into a challenge, um, that you had shared earlier about accepting and receiving criticism. Cause mm -hmm. I feel like these are sort of in line, like the, the good thing about sharing your work is that you connect or the, the, um, I guess the positive or, you know, th that that's like the, the benefit of sharing your work and, and with putting yourself out there, but there's also the shadow side of criticism and, and putting yourself, you're making yourself susceptible to other people's opinions. Something that I've struggled with a lot also, um, in the sense that I, uh, will share a lot of my words and, and writing very vulnerably and it's sometimes met with, you know, warranted or unwarranted criticism um, and critique by others. Uh, so definitely share that that challenge with you. And I was just curious as to how you're navigating that um, with your art and with your writing. Yeah, man, I feel like that's the hardest part about being a writer yeah. when you start to share. Mm -hmm. When I, like I mentioned earlier, I've been writing for, you know, half my life pretty much. But until just a few years ago, I was primarily writing in seclusion. Mm. I kept my writing to myself a lot. I would just publish in little things here and there. Mm -hmm. I wasn't really known and I wasn't really making public appearances or anything. Mm -hmm. But just a couple of years ago, I felt like it was time I had gone through a big breakup too. And I thought now's the time to really embrace who I am and, mm. and being a poet. And so I started going to open mic readings and I started meeting people who liked what I had to say and, and they liked my poems. So I started being invited to a lot of places and just started putting myself out there and reading sending some of my work off to be published. And for the most part, I was met with just so much support. Mm -hmm. So many people were connecting with different um, themes in my poems. A lot of them, of course, had to do with love and heartbreak and, mm. and dealing with breakups and, you know, that type of thing. Um, and so I feel like I was, for the most part, met with so much support. But then inevitably you also receive criticism and I'm such an introvert <laughs> to begin with so receiving criticism is a super challenge for me mm. and most of my work is very intimate and it's very vulnerable mm -hmm. and it takes a lot of strength sometimes to share it mm. with those who want to listen 
So to take the criticism, it's really hard sometimes. And I think I've kind of learned to grow a thicker skin in general, which is also translating in other parts of my life. Mm-hmm. Because the more that I know that I can take criticism, the more that I know, you know, it'll make me stronger in the long run. Yeah. But it's definitely difficult. I've received some criticism in front of other people. I had one in particular kind of traumatic moment at a writing circle. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. When, um, two people kind of called me out on my work, and they, one of the things they said to me was, you should really take yourself out of your poetry. <sighs> no one cares to know about mm. you. About things. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, gosh. I had to try so hard not to cry because so many (laughs) girl (laughs) it's funny now when I think of it it's like a whatever you know I just probably want to (laughs) well no but it's not I mean I I I mean I totally feel you like my heart just kind of went oh (laughs) like um and a writing circle okay yeah, that's that's hard. I mm. and sometimes I think for me it's about recognizing whether the support outweighs the criticism. Because mm. I may have and I do have many people in the community who come up to me after readings or they message me on Facebook or send me emails about maybe something that I read and they they really loved it or it made them feel like they weren't alone. And then maybe I only have two people, you know, out of dozens who maybe didn't like it. So mm. kind of considering the support versus the criticism is helpful. Mm. For me. You know, it's not going to change what I write just because a few people maybe had an mm. ill and I just want to speak to that a little, and I don't know the situation of those those people that were giving the criticism or, you know, where they're coming from. But one thing that I've noticed in my own practice and my own art is that a lot of times the people that are doing the criticism are the ones that actually need to read your work the most, which sounds strange, but I feel like it almost triggers, sometimes it can trigger something in other people that's like, well, I didn't want to face that part of myself, or I didn't want to read that because it's a little too close to home. Um, And that's not always the case, but I've encountered situations like that where, you know, people have come up to me and someone said once, "Um, yeah, I have tips for you on how you can be a better writer. Um, yeah you're just like not getting you're not efficient with your words like you use like <laughs> it was just um it was an unwarranted criticism it just came out of nowhere um it wasn't a setting in which I was sharing my work it was at a bar um with friends so I mean it, it the whole context was very strange but and I, I I didn't get offended but I also was like thinking about the particular piece that this person was referencing. And I realized that maybe it was hitting something um, in that person, um, just knowing their life and, and certain aspects of, of what I had written. It's like, okay. And not, you know, just, just a casual observation, no judgment. Just like, okay, I'm going to take, I, and I, I do think like there's actually valid criticism in, in that. And um, you know, I'm always looking to refine my craft. And just like you're saying, you have to take away, away 
the you know criticism with the support and the other thing that I wanted to say is that um we mentioned this a little bit I think in gathering of wands I think I may have shared this um quote or this idea of uh it was a podcast that I listened to and I'm I'm blanking about which one it was Elizabeth Gilbert um uh Elizabeth Gilbert's podcast and I'm um forgetting which episode it is but I'll look it up and I can put it in the show notes but she shared uh she was you know speaking with a writer and and the writer said oh, it was Glennon um Glennon Doyle Mellon uh Glennon oh I might have to cut this part out. Sorry, I'm forgetting. I'm forgetting her. I'm totally blanking. But um, she was interviewing this writer and and the writer said, our job is to put the work out and not to be the lawyer, not to be, um, you know, we're not the judge. We create the work and we put it out. That is, that is our job. We are not, we're not very good judges. And I love that. Because it's true. And and for, you know, the two people that maybe didn't resonate with your work or, you know, had different ideas. Um, and there's a space for that. There's a space for critique and for workshop. But, like, there's 10 other people who really needed to hear whatever you were sharing. And I think that is also heartening in that even if, even if it was 12 people that didn't like your work and, like, you know, one person um, – it profoundly changed their life. I think there's, there's some, there's some, you know, uh, there's a light in that. There's mm-hmm. some positivity and, and um, anyway, so just a couple of thoughts on that. Um, yeah, for sure. And thank you for sharing that. <laughs> if I could also add, yeah. you know, one of the things in my particular community is there's a difference in age. Mm. It's kind of, you know, we have some young writers and we have some much older writers Mm-hmm. And I can tell that sometimes there's a different preference of the type of poems because mm. someone who grew up with a different type of um, understanding of poets or mm. a of poets, they may not necessarily connect with the type of poetry that younger writers are writing. Totally. Yeah. And so that has a lot to do with it. But, and I, with yeah. criticism too, you know, Something that's helped me through it is just knowing that I could take that criticism or I could just let it go. You know, mm-hmm. it's up to me as the writer if I want to edit my piece, if I feel like it would benefit the poem, mm-hmm. you know, more power to to me and that poem to be edited. But if you mm-hmm. feel that your work doesn't need it, you know, that's your that's your choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an empowered choice. And it can be just as simple as that they like it or they didn't like it <laughs> and yeah. and yeah it, it's your choice to to take that I I love that hmm. well I would love to hear um a poem or two if you're up for it for sharing yeah, absolutely so I wanted to share this one poem in particular because months ago I had received one of your newsletters Mm. A woman of words. And the prompt had to do with a quest. Mm. And so I wrote this poem called A Quest for a Quest, and it was inspired by your prompt. Mm. I dream about reaching up into lemon trees, 
cutting open fruit and finding new words inside the pulp. Scented with citrus, sustained with mead, maybe less sour of a process than being entwined in blocks that form levees when the words won't spill over and out. Is it the same for you? When you find fossils and start to build empires, but can't find the last few materials you need to call it home. I like the hikes to new grounds to find new meanings, new rhythms of my pulse, new trembling in veins. I like the running to lose breath and the walking to find peace, but I prefer to stand. Neck back, arms stretched out, staring up to breathe in answers. Let the mountain seep into skin and vocals, so the next time I speak, it's with purpose. I see them every time I do this, the birds. How easy it is for them to take flight and do the same, but with less effort. We make eye contact. I look at them, all light-winged and gentle-footed, flying up to treetops, finding new peaks to perch their own thoughts on top of. I wonder if they see us as a mirage. At a distance with blurry lines, nothing holds them back from accelerating. What's holding me back is my spine. It holds more weight than only my body. It holds years. And copper tones made opaque with hardships, made light with letting go, made tough with reinforcement of breaking, then rediscovering over and over and over again. There is no proper method to find the way through barriers. Try to make a list. There is no perfect order. Try to write it. Words fall short. Try to name it, and the quest remains nameless. Pursuit becomes a circle, searcy of learnings. It is ash burning under souls to keep you pacing onward over fires. Grief to keep your blood passionate. Release to remind you to gasp for air. Each time I make it through, I think of other places I could go. I hope to climb new stairs next, built nicely with shiny blue tiles and rusty red huts surrounding my body, my place in the globe. Staying hidden on the spur of moments, in comfort, slathered in pure intentions, loved in words, without worrying if I'll get the last one. Mm. <sighs> <sighs> wow. Wow. And I had read this poem when you shared it on the Women of Words Facebook. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like just you're reading it and with the timeliness of this had all happened before grief and before the fires, right? This, these, the, it was at the beginning of the summer, right? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Mm. I have, as we call it in Hawaii, I have the chicken skin. My eyes are, <laughs> I'm tearing. It was oh. so beautiful. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you for sharing that. Mm. Yeah. <sighs> well, is there a way that people can connect with you? Um, I know you said you're working on your website now, but is there a preferred um, 
like social media or uh, another another way that people can can connect with you if if they feel inspired by your work? Yeah, right now I'm primarily on Facebook. Okay. So you can find me by Georgina Marie. Okay. And um, my personal Facebook has kind of turned into kind of my poetry spot. So I share a lot of poetry happenings and poetry things there. Um, and my email, if anyone's interested, I'd be happy to share my email. Yeah. So I can post the, uh, what I'll do is I'll post your Facebook on, on the show notes. Um, and then if there's any interest, we can, yeah, we can uh, share your email as well. And wow. Thank you for being here. Yeah. Thank you. And Regina for inviting me. I'm so happy to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. You and inspired me so much. Mm, thank you. You inspire us as well. Talk about you often. <laughs> um, great. So, oh, and also, lastly, the workshop is it open to people outside of Lake County? Um, do you want to give any information about that? Or, oh yeah. So, um, the workshop I'll be doing in October is on Saturday, October thirteenth, from one to five. Okay. And in Middletown, here in Lake County, at the Middletown Art Center. Okay. It is open to the public. Um, we invite mostly the Lake County readers here, but we have had people who happen to be passing through or maybe heard of us from out of town. So I know it's kind of far from the Bay Area because I used to live in San Francisco. It's about two and a half hours. But if anyone's interested, they're more than welcome to sign up. at. Um, they can visit middletownartcenter.com okay. to sign up. And they are affordable. It's usually 5 or $10 for one class. Wonderful. That's yeah. it sounds like a nice weekend, you know, to go up and if you're in the Bay Area and go up for a day trip or um even maybe stay the night up there and, you know, find an Airbnb or something and do a writing workshop. I don't know. That sounds fun to me. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. It's like a cute little country place up here. I think people would enjoy it. Yeah. Oh wonderful. Thank you so much again, Georgina. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it.